This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Home and Away, the Tuesday edition of the No Ceilings NBA Draft Podcast. I am your host this week, Tyler Metcalf. Uh, we have a fun episode this week. Uh, I had to bring in my co-host, Tyler Rucker, um, you know, my co-host from Fridays, but no one cares about you, Rucker. Everyone's here <laughs> for SB Nation's finest, Ricky O'Donnell. Ricky, how's it going? I'm just a guy, man, but I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. Loving No Ceilings Draft coverage lately. Sick draft guide out which has been awesome and just enjoying like a full year's worth of coverage culminating over the next couple of weeks. So happy to be here and, and really uh, jacked up to read all your guys' coverage. Hi, I appreciate that. And listeners, in, in case you missed it, that draft guide that Ricky is talking about uh, can be found at noceilingsmba.com. There are links to all of that good stuff. And if you can't afford the, dra- the draft guide, that's $10. No worries. Our Monday through Friday stuff is 100% free. Uh, so just click that subscribe button while you're there. But Today, we're just going to do a little mock draft. Um, Rucker, there was a bit of news today uh, dropping about the Pelicans potentially jumping up for Scoot Henderson, about Bobby Clintman withdrawing and going over to the NBL. Any thoughts on that? You want to dive deep into that? Just pass pass on it? Where are you at? No, it's always fun when we get news like this close to the draft that completely you know shifts our draft boards and stuff. I, know, I think the Clintman news was a little bit of a shocker at this point, but kind of you know okay we'll see you next year hopefully but uh the scoot one's gonna be fun to to speculate about i have a feeling we'll probably talk about it a little bit on this so i'm excited for another mock baby all right well we got 30 picks to get through so might as well just dive right into it um i'm selfish and taking the easy easy path here and taking the first pick myself so for the san antonio spurs victor Wembanyama, he's been the prize all year nothing's changing not gonna get weird with it at the last minute here um Ricky, I, I know in the beginning of the year, you you, you hopped on with Sam Vecini and talked about Victor quite a bit. Are, have your expectations of him got risen? How, how has this year for him been for you? Yeah, I would say he's been almost better than I thought he would be this year. Leading such a young team to the finals of the top French pro league. He's like second in that league in scoring. I think he's leading the league in rebounds and blocks. So like he would be number one overall based on tools alone, even if he didn't play. But the fact that he's played the full year, he's been durable. He's had a huge impact on winning. I think it just like raises the stakes even more that he really does look like an all-time great prospect. And I think San Antonio is a pretty wonderful landing spot for him altogether. Having Jeremy Sohan in the front court, especially if Sohan could learn to shoot. I know that's a big if, but I sort of love that pairing. If Sohan can even become like a decent medium volume three-point shooter, uh, Vassell should be in for a huge jump, I think, with Wemby around. That's just a tremendous two-way wing to pair with him. And I was a big Blake Wesley guy last year. Let's see if Blake Wesley can be that rim pressure guard I think they need long-term. Like 
they're probably going to sign a veteran point guard. I would assume, uh, I assume that they're not going to push too hard for the playoffs next year. But the one, the one thing I have taken away from this one year, one thing I've taken away is that like, what he's only playing like one game a week. Yeah. Usually right, so right. Like, we're four games a week in the league. Sometimes like it's going to be a big adjustment. Like, if I was to put the over under at 60 games for Wemby next year, are you guys taking the over or the under? I think I'm going under. I think I would go under, but it's going to be interesting. Because, Ricky, you had a piece kind of previewing him before the year where you talked about his injury history. And I thought yeah. when I read that, I was like, this is what everyone needs to be focusing on. Because me and Metcalf were saying he had to stay healthy this year. Like, that was the biggest deal going forward. I can't believe you guys are pulling out all these like year old content pieces. <laughs> We're always watching. We Come on, right? man. This yeah. is what we do. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, they don't need to push him right away, though. Like, take the long term view. Right. As a Bulls fan, I am depressed to say they own the Bulls 2025 first round draft pick in a trade for free agent DeMar DeRozan. So, like, they're just like low. And they got all those Hawks picks for DeJounte. Like, they're loaded. They're going to be set up so so well i think to build around him so uh i think you just take it pretty conservative and safe and wemby will probably be pissed about that because he seems like a competitor but i'm uh i'm expecting this to be a great a great fit for the player in the team all right well ricky with the number two pick who are the charlotte hornets taken so I'm trading this pick for Zion Williamson <laughs> after the news today. Am I allowed to do that? Can I just say Zion's on the table? South Carolina native, about to turn 23 years old. Played 29 games this past year. Didn't play at all the year before that. What do you play as a rookie? 24, 24 games, I think. Gosh. Uh, I'd do that trade if I was Charlotte. If New Orleans is putting Zion on the table for the number two pick and they want Scoot Henderson – I would do that trade if I was Charlotte. I think Charlotte has the least talented roster in the league. Yeah. I'm a huge LaMelo guy. I love LaMelo. Thought he was number one in that class all the way. Got the backlinks to prove it. Uh, but there's nothing around him, right? Right, right. I mean, even LaMelo, like, you know, he's probably, I'm high on him, but I think, like, most people probably have, still have questions about how his game translates to the highest levels of the league as well. So, if I can trade that pick for Zion, I'm doing it. It's a home run swing. Uh, and I think that LaMelo and Zion, I mean, what a sick pairing that would be if they could stay on the floor. But I assume trades are not on the table for Unfortunately that. not for this exercise. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough, but I'm going Scoot at number two. I'm going Scoot because I think the Pelicans have the least talented roster in the league. Brandon Miller might be the best fit. I have Miller fifth. On my board, I think he's a good prospect. I'm not calling him James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley. He's good. He's a good fit for today's NBA. The thing that worries me about Miller is I feel like he's going to be very dependent on those shooting percentages. And we just saw this with Jabari Smith Jr. last year where, you know, he was hyped as potentially being the number one overall pick. Uh, his He was shooting the hell out of the ball in college. That percentage dipped in the nba i don't know what jabari ended up shooting from three but he struggled as a rookie he'll still probably be pretty good uh but you know he just wasn't as elite of a talent unless he was a 40 percent three-point shooter in my opinion i kind of see the same thing with miller don't think miller has a ton of juice off the dribble to create separation uh you know just sort of like what would you grade him out athletically a b a b minus he's not like super explosive athletically 
So I'm going Scoot. I think the Hornets have a trash roster. You need the best available talent. You can't draft for fit when you got the league's worst roster. I'm going to figure out the Scoot and LaMelo thing later, but I like potentially Scoot's rim pressure, which I think could improve when he's playing games that matter, which doesn't really happen in the G League. Like, all he's doing is trying to improve his draft stock. He's not really playing a meaningful game. I think that could sort of change the outlook for Scoot, where people have become a little lower on him over the past you know, six months. Uh, I still think Scoot's an elite prospect. He's the second best prospect in the draft to me. So I'll take him second for the Hornets. Love it. Scoot's, I, I, I think, clearly the number two or the, the, the number two best player and the number two pick. You, you, if you're picking at two, you ignore fit and you figure it out later, like you said. Rucker at number three, Portland Trailblazers. Well, I thought I was going to have the shot at Scoot, so I was going to try to trade for Brandon Ingram. Ricky's <laughs> stealing my style. Um, no, I, I I agree with – it's funny because I actually like how Ricky was kind of pulling about Brandon Miller, and I understand that, and those are all warranted you know, kind of questions about him. I'm still going to go Brandon Miller here. I have him really high on my board. I think he would be – if Scoot goes to, to Charlotte, I think he would be the pick for Portland if they don't trade it, but – the idea of his offensive upside with Shaden Sharp, who I think is going to have a fantastic year. You're putting that on the wing, and then all of a sudden, Dame. I know there's plenty of questions about what's going to happen, especially with the Scoot Henderson report today about the Pelicans trying to come up. It's going to get exciting. But for now, I think I would go Brandon Miller at three and, and take that potential to really build your wing. And I guess we're going to figure out what happens with Dame later on. Does Dame request a trade if they don't trade this pick for a veteran co-star? What do you guys think? I don't, I mean, it's, I've been waiting for it to happen for a while. I think he's just like too nice of a guy that doesn't want to fully say like, okay, just trade me. But I, I would be shocked if we ever got any, like a public trade request yeah, from him. Maybe I behind agree. the scenes, we get like a Kevin Garnett type situation where they basically have to be like, Kevin, you, you gotta go. Like, this yeah. is better for you. This is better for us. Like, we're not going to win here when you can win. Um, and he just kind of ends up moving. I think that's that would be the only way I, I would see it happening. That team is more than one piece away, in my I opinion. Agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's the problem. And I like Sharp. Sharp's dope. But if they would have taken Jalen Duran last year, I think they'd almost be sitting prettier because they need a center. Like Nurkic, you're not winning anything with Nurkic, so. It, no, no, because if, if you go trade that pick and you say somehow do get like a – all-star wing your point's perfect like they still need a big you still need some front court depth so there's I a mean, lot I can of think questions. of a couple up here in minnesota stop, that stop might be on the metcalf really wants the t-wolves to go get somehow get scoot for for towns but that's just another podcast i can scoot dream for towns <laughs> i can dream. i love it okay with the fourth pick uh the houston rockets rucker you and i have talked about the amen fit a ton uh we like that fit um, every mock draft exercise we do, Amen Thompson ends up going here. I'm bored Change with it that. Up. I'm bored with that. So yeah, good. I'm, I'm going to go with a player who I have higher on my board uh, than Amen, um, and I think fills a lot of the same needs. I'm going Anthony Black. Wow, really speaking it into existence. I'm proud of you. Rockets fans are going to come for your head, but it's That's okay. Fine. We get, we yeah. love them. He'll play great with James Harden, and you know they'll. they'll Get the nine seed. Ricky, where are you at with Anthony Black this year? Yeah, I saw him up close. I was at the Des Moines Regional. Uh, so I saw him play Kansas and Illinois. 
Uh, first takeaway, the dude's legs are like tree trunks. He is just like absolutely massive for a guard. He's, I don't, I missed his wingspan measurement. Is he a seven foot wingspan guy or close? I don't know it off the top of my head, but his lower body, gigantic, super good defender. Talked to him in the locker room after the Kansas win. And I'm not like the biggest, like I'm going to take huge takeaways from this guy's quotes, but Seemed like he said all the right things, you know, but just a mentality based around like doing what he can do to help the team win. Uh, my question with Black, though, is like, how much does he really pressure the opposing defense on offense? Like, he's not really a dynamic driver. He's not a good shooter. He's like a good connective ball mover. But you kind of got to have a knockdown jumper to be that type of guy in the league. He could certainly develop into an average three-point shooter, which is a pretty good three-point shooter to be league average in today's NBA. But I'm a tad bit lower on Anthony Black, but I love big guards historically. I feel like I've gotten got on big guards historically. So just like Black, not quite dynamic enough offensively to be one of my favorites in this draft class, but uh, I knew you were going Anthony Black because I listened to your guys' Thompson Twins podcast from, uh, a few months ago. So I know how you feel about the Thompsons. And I think, you know, Black next to Jalen Green, that's a great pairing. So I can see the vision 100%. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, the big losers on lottery night were the D- Detroit Pistons. Ricky, how are they going to recover? Going Cam Whitmore, for sure. Whitmore is one of my favorites in this class. I yes. got him above Miller. Uh, the sales pitch for Whitmore, I would say, just rim pressure in threes. Uh, so are you buying the shot? Yeah. Okay. I'm buying the shot for sure. I think he's going to be a really good three-point shooter. I think he's going to shoot off the dribble. I think he's going to shoot off the catch. I wouldn't be shocked if he shoots it better than Miller. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Miller was a better shooter for his one year in college, but Whitmore shoots a really easy ball, and I think he's got some shooting versatility. The athleticism is not even close. I mean, Whitmore is like a truly elite athlete. But it's funny how Amen Thompson kind of uh, – he kind of blurs that line on elite. Like he's not as athletic as men. So is he an elite athlete? Um, but no, he is. He's phenomenal. He's so strong. He's going to be able to play through contact, put guys off their spots in the league. Uh, definitely worry about his passing vision, his feel for the game. But I think defensively he should be okay. Do you, here's I'll throw this one out for you guys because you've been scouting this for a few years now, I know. Mm-hmm. Can feel for the game improve? as you go on in the league or are you born with it 
I, I think it can get better um, just with experience. You know, the game should slow down, but I don't think it can experience those real exponential gro- leaps in development that we see with like um, defense or shooting or ball handling, you know, the, those more kind of tangible things where you can go in a gym and really hone your technique and your skills and stuff like that. And the feel is more so you just have to play and depending on what role and what you're kind of allowed to do on the court, I think it really skews what kind of path you're allowed to go down in terms of how much you can develop that feel. I, I agree. I think it's, that's a tough one because I feel like I could argue on both sides of the fence where it's like, I think there's some stuff in the game of basketball. Like if you just have it, if you have this feel and understanding of like timing and anticipation it's tough to teach that stuff. Like Tyrese Halliburton watching him at Iowa State. I was like, he has stuff that you don't see often when it comes to just reading and throwing guys open. But I think you can get better when it comes to awareness and being able to read the defense and understanding where the next look might be and stuff like that. It's just, there's some stuff you can't teach. And there's stuff that, some stuff I think guys try to force to unlock that you're you're just not going to be able to do it because it's just vision and, kind of feel, I guess, coming full circle there. So I really hope Whitmore to the Pistons happens. That would be one of my favorite fits in the draft is someone who's super high Whitmore because Whitmore, Duran, and Ivy is just ridiculous juice athletically. And then Cade, like, you know, just to have an oversized ball handler who's more skilled than athletic. Mm -hmm. I think that that would be such an awesome complementary pairing of young skill sets and I would love to see it. So, yeah, that that's a fit and landing spot that um, I've I've been pushing for a while now. I've gotten Rucker on board, but Rucker number six, Orlando Magic. Who you got? This gets ugly. Um, I, I'm going to take a Thompson twin, but not the one everyone thinks. I'm going to take a Sar. Um, I've had him higher on my board. I'm still believing in his kind of versatility. I think Orlando. Me and Metcalf have talked about this. I, we would like them to get a shooter with one of those picks, but I think if you could swing for upside with that sixth pick, it makes a lot of sense. So I still like Asar's, you know, ability to come in and potentially have more of a, you know, seamless transition. I think he's just got a lot of stuff away from the ball that he can play a lot of roles. So I'm going to go Asar there at six. I don't love it, but I am intrigued by it. Okay. Well, at number seven, the Indiana Pacers, uh, this just fell perfectly into their lap. Um, I'm taking my number four overall prospect, Juris Walker. I think it's a perfect fit uh, on both ends of the floor. Really high IQ player on both ends. Great athlete, great defender, really good passer. There's so much more to his passing game than he was, and just overall offense than he got to show at Houston. Um, and I think that fit next to Miles Turner with Benedict Matherin, with Tyrese Halliburton, I think that's a, the building of a really, really fun and versatile uh, young core. Uh, Ricky, are, are, are you higher on Jairus, lower on Jairus? Where are you at with him? Yeah, so I covered the McDonald's All-American game last year in Chicago, and the two guys I was most impressed with were Jairus and Brandon Miller, and they both had really awesome seasons. I'm going to throw this one at you, though, with this fit. Is the Miles Turner Jairus Walker frontcourt the slowest frontcourt in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my only knock on, on Jarris. And, you know, uh, I've been thinking about my buddy John Sharks a lot lately because this mm. is the time of the year we used to talk uh, quite a bit. And John, of course, passed away about a year ago. And what I loved so much about John's evaluation of the game 
is sometimes I'd get like really into the weeds and really into the stats and the fit and Charks would just be like, yeah, but he's too slow. <laughs> I've been thinking that sometimes when I watch Jarris, like, is he a wing or a center? I don't, I mean, he could be an amazing small ball center. I really like Jarius's game in general. As a wing, though, is he going to shoot it enough? I do think that if you surround him with shooting, which Indiana has a lot of shooting, that, man, he could be really good on, like, clear out one side of the floor for Jarius mm -hmm. to attack a smaller, like, big wing playing the four. So I could really talk myself into it both ways. I think Jarius is safe for sure. Like if you get that, if you take him, you're probably not getting fired for making a bad pick, right? Like if you're the GM. So I have some questions about Jairus. I'm tempted to go Hendricks over Jairus, but I haven't like totally nailed that down yet. I probably should have that nailed down by this point, but I'm still sort of up in the air. Uh, but Jairus is a safe pick. I think that he's got a really high motor. He's probably got some more scoring juice than he showed. I'm a little skeptical on him turning into a volume shooter. And I think he's a little slow if he's going to be covering wings defensively, but he's also awesome on defense. So he'll probably figure out a way to make up for it. So yeah, good pick. <laughs> well, at, at number eight, are the wizards also going to make a, a good pick or are they going to botch it yet again? Ricky, who you got? Yeah. yeah, Ricky, it's you. Metcalf really was just, he's, he's kind of butthurt about it. It's okay. It happens. About who? Washington? About your pick, not being oh, that no, good. no, I love my pick. I think it's perfect. <laughs> no, I said it was a good pick. It's okay, good. okay. No, and okay. To, and yeah. just, just for the record, Taylor Hendricks is the other name there that I think makes a ton of sense. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Floor spacing four, so. So, Wiz, a man is still on the board. Yeah. Yes. Gotta go, a man. Gotta go, a man. No brainer. Uh, he could bust 100%. To me, he's the riskiest player in the class. But, like, I don't care. I'm not getting fired for it. Right? I've written a lot of bad takes that have my name on it, especially covering the NBA draft. So, Amen, to me, I, I think I still got him number three. Why not? Uh, he's the worst shooter I've covered. Is an elite prospect in 10 years of doing this. I guess my first draft I really covered for SB Nation was 2014, I want to say. Uh, and he's the worst out of any elite prospects as a shooter. I do not have a ton of hope for him as a shooter, but I think his rim pressure could be crazy. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, it's weird because he's old and raw, which is a, an interesting dynamic. Like, normally you can be raw, but you have to be super young. He's old and raw. But I think that the Thompson Twins, I'm going to try to write something on this, but it's just like, they really like ask how much do you value the eye test because no statistic they put up in that league matters at all. I just don't care. I guess like the fact that they're bad shooters matters, but your eye test can tell you they're bad shooters too. You don't even need to look at the percentages. Uh, so I, th I think I still go a man just because he's going to be arguably the best athlete in the NBA next year. Six, seven, seven foot wingspan is small forward size at point guard. I believe in the passing vision. I think he should be a better finisher just because he can get so close to the rim very often. And uh, I mean, the Wizards took Johnny Davis last year. So it's like, you know, they've taken busts in the past. The franchise marches forward. They can draft Cam Boozer in two years if, uh, <laughs> if a men busts, but. I would go for a men as an upside swing. The Wizards need the upside swing. So no brainer in my opinion. Makes a ton of sense. With the ninth pick, Rucker, the Utah Jazz have their first of three first round picks. Who are they going with? Yeah, I, I think 
They could go in a number of different directions here. I, I think if Taylor Hendricks was on the board, they can't pass that up. Um, so I'm going to add Taylor Hendricks. I know they got Laurie. I know they got Walker Kessler, but still with the upside and, you know, Hendricks' ability on the defensive side of the ball, I think you just keep adding great value there, um, especially with multiple picks. Just take the best player available. They overachieved last year. I know they're picking ninth, but they classic overachieve, which you might come back down to earth this year. So just keep adding some good assets to grow with that roster. Lowry's going back to small forward. He had one year. <laughs> I'm playing the four. Now he's back to the three. But no, I would take Hendricks here too. I think yeah, yeah. Be really good. And, you know, Lowry, Hendricks, front court. Like if that's your three man front court rotation, right, right. Kessler, I mean, that's dope. That's so. a lot of rim protection too. Yeah. Yeah. And some, a lot of shooting too, even. Yeah, a lot of shooting. Okay. With the 10th pick, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, we we saw how much uh, that they missed Jalen Brunson this last year. Who knows what's going to happen with the Kyrie Irving thing? It sounds like they're going to pay him, but I don't really care. And I'm still going Kobe Bufkin. Um, I he's the best player available for me. He can play on ball, can play off ball. I really buy the shooting improvement. Uh, we saw how much adding 15 pounds of muscle did for him going into last year. I only expect that to improve. Um, Great size, really good defender, great hands, can get a little jumpy on ball, but I, th- I think that tightens up in time. Um, I, I just love his two-way overall versatility and think he kind of fills an area of need, um, just kind of continuing to add uh, on and off ball versatility to their backcourt. It got quiet there, Metcalf. It got quiet there. Yeah. We're thinking. Now. No, I like Buffkin. I mean, I think we're pushing the Buffkin agenda pretty hard. It would not shock me if Dallas was enamored with him just because of maybe it is the Jalen Brunson vibes that you could get. Um, Dallas is going to be really interesting, especially yeah. if Hendricks goes before. And Hendricks is a dream yeah. at 10, I think. Yeah. yeah. So Buffkin, like, I do worry about his tools. Like, I don't think he's that athletic. Let's turn it up, Ricky. I think Ricky versus Metcalf right now. Would you agree with me that he's skinny? Like you guys probably watch more of him than me, but so he's skinny and he's not that athletic. I just pulled up the numbers real quick. He had 12 dunks, a little concerning, but his finishing numbers are insane. Yeah, they're absurd. Nuts. So he has crazy good craft, but in the league, sometimes I think like you need you just need the tools, sort of. You just need the the leaping, you need the speed. And he's pretty fast for sure. But I don't know if he's got that like blow you away speed, but he's also a little bigger than I thought he was because he measured, I think, over six four barefoot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like six so, four and a half. I like that pick. I probably would have gone Wallace because I think that he's a little bit more connective. Yeah. Than Buffkin, but Buffkin has higher, like higher ability to be an engine of an offense. If well, he probably doesn't profile as an engine, but he could be like more of an on ball threat than Wallace, I would say. Um but yeah, I mean, you got to like Kobe Bufkin for just the ability to play on or off the ball and to be pretty competitive defensively. I just wonder how much it translates against NBA defenders because he's going to be a little bit undersized mm-hmm. and a little bit under the athleticism threshold, in my opinion. And I'll be interested to see if he can pull it off. But if he has that much finishing craft and if he can shoot the way he was shooting the ball in the second half of the season, he's probably going to be set up to be one of those dynamic, like, on or off ball guys who could impact the game in a variety of roles, which for a team like the Mavericks uh, would be a pretty nice fit next to Luca. His, yeah. his oh, go ahead, Mick. No, oh yeah. 
Um, I was going to say I agree with Ricky because watching Buffkin, as much as I've loved his tape, there's so many times I'm watching him where I'm like, why why is he blowing by these guys? Like, he doesn't look that fast. He doesn't look that – like, he has that elite speed. So I almost think it's even, like, he's just so good at setting up guys with some of those little small hesitations and then understanding when he has that extra second to go by. But those guys are dangerous for me, too, because I think the same way as Ricky, where I'm like, is that going to work at the next level or is that gap going to really, you know, get smaller? So I, I understand that. All right, with the 11th pick, the Orlando Magic, Ricky. Grady Dick. Th- th- this was not intentional, but uh, who are they taking with the Bulls pick? Yeah, it's got to be Grady Dick. Uh, they need shooting. Obviously, I think, you know, they could probably consider Dick at six, but that's a little rich for my taste. Uh, you know, what percent chance do you guys give Grady Dick to be on the board at 11? I would say probably pretty high. He's one that I, I don't know why, but I'm convinced we're going to be watching the draft and somewhere in the top 10, he's going to go. And we're just all not ready for it. I feel like he could go there or he could be on the board at easily 11. I feel like it's it's a wide range with him. Like if you're in love with his tools, I feel like he's going to go very early to some front office. It's like this whole draft. There's such a wide range with some of these guys. Yeah. And so what's interesting about Orlando, and I don't know how you guys would feel about this, but normally I would say, draft bpa sign fit mm-hmm. but orlando's a little different because i think they got their number one and number two option locked in i yeah. was a huge Paolo guy last year had him number one wire to wire franz is awesome as a number two i think yes so i mean they obviously need shooting around those guys they could probably use improved point guard play but i'll just never quit faults he still had some <laughs> flashes last year where was- i'm there with you i'm right there with you yeah so yeah they they really just need shooting and he Dick is an awesome shooter. And I don't know, like, could he be like Kevin Herter style player? Herter might've been the best free agent signing of the whole, or he, they traded for him, right? Traded for him. Uh, but that was one of the b- best offseason acquisitions, I would say, or at least like not on the headliner level. He seriously improved their team fit around the Sabonis Fox pick and roll. So uh, yeah, I think Grady Dick, if he's on the board at 11 is a no brainer for the magic. Well, another team that needs some shooting, the Oklahoma City Thunder at pick number 12. Rucker, who are they taking? I mean, I, I, oof, this is, I thought Grady Dick was going to potentially be there, so Ricky's keeps just taking all my picks. Um, gosh, I just, the Thunder could go in so many different directions. Um, I, I know some people are throwing lively there. I don't know if I'm buying it. I still think I'm rooting for them to get some shooting. Get like I think that's the next wrinkle in their roster to really start cooking is get like a lethal floor spacer so i'm i'm gonna go it's 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 a pick i haven't projected for the thunder metcalf i'm gonna go jordan hawkins to the thunder um i know they got backcourt depth like crazy but i think if you get a specialist that can really space the floor come in and get hot from all over the perimeter i just like hawkins a lot i think he'd be a a great pick there so i'm gonna go with that uh, the, the second that I saw that you were picking for the Thunder, I knew that was exactly where you were going. How, what, I, what do you think about Hawkins defensively? Is he I like good? him on ball. I hate him off ball. I'm intrigued with a lot of his game. I think there's a lot more upside. I think a lot of people tagged him as like, oh, he's just this lethal shooter. And I'm like, I think there's a lot more stuff to his game. Like, I think he's got some 
there's some mid-range stuff that needs to be more consistent, but he has some athleticism off the bounce. I think there's some good defensive stuff that, like Metcalf says, there's areas that you love. There's areas you're like, okay, that needs to get better. Saw him up close, went to a UConn versus Creighton in Omaha. I think this was this was like the low point of UConn's season. Nobody okay. was guarding Andre Jackson. Creighton won that game, and then UConn turned it on right after that. Uh, but Hawkins up close, dude, I mean, the guy just turns on the Jets to zoom around screens, and it's truly mesmerizing how quickly he squares himself to the basket to get off a shot. So I can 100% see the appeal, but also watching the NBA playoffs this year, I look at someone like Hawkins and I think, you know, can I get 85% of that guy as an undrafted free agent? Because I don't know how much creation juice he's given you. I don't really like him defensively. Uh, passing, you know, is just whatever. So he's definitely a sick shooter, but he's a little small. I think he might wear a target on his chest defensively. And I'm probably lower on him than the league mm-hmm. is. But it's easy to see why the league would like him. Right. Because he is a really dynamic movement shooter. And, you know, the the Thunder, like I said, they got there. They can draft for fit almost, too, because you're just building the team around Shea, around Chet. Mm-hmm. Having a guy who could bend the defense off the ball like that would be really valuable for them, potentially. With the 13th pick, the Toronto Raptors, um, it, it was announced today that Fred Van Vliet uh, is declining his player option and going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about him potentially being on the move. So I'm going to fill that spot with Cason Wallace. Um, I think just really good connective passer, always feels under control, incredible defender. I, I think he would fit in there seamlessly. Um, I, his landing spot on draft night, he's kind of similar to what we were talking about with Grady Dick, where it's if he goes to, like easily top 10 or falls to 20, I'm not really sure I'm going to be surprised either way. If he falls to 20, that'd be an incredible value for some team. I love yeah. Jason Wallace. I, I love him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was at the Jordan Brand Classic, which was also in Chicago last year, and he had one of the nastiest chase down blocks I've ever seen in my life in a freaking all-star game. It's like, okay, bro, chill out. Like, we're all just trying to we're all just trying to vibe out here. And you're running dead sprint full court to do a chase down, but I forgot who it was against. We could probably pull up the video. But uh his competitive nature is awesome in like when you think about like defense first guards might be a little shaky traditionally for this high of a pick, but I think he can slide up and defend bigger guys because yeah. he's so strong in the chest and in the lower body. And I just think he's going to be able to like switch on to bigger guys and bigger guys won't really be able to bully him. So love Wallace. I think he's a pretty safe bet to be an awesome NBA role player for a long time. At pick number 14, the New Orleans Pelicans. Ricky, who are you taking? I got no idea. Absolutely <laughs> no idea for this pick. Uh, I was going to take Wallace. I'm looking at who's on the board, and I don't see an obvious name that I want. Could take Keontae George. Could swing for the fences with Coolably. Uh I'm actually going to go Jet Howard here. Who cares? Love it. Will... <laughs> <laughs> defense optional the modern nba and we're trying to score 130 a game herb jones and trey murphy can do that yeah and we got trey murphy you know zion attacking the basket we just need uh we just need jet to rip some threes i think jet's awesome i get why people don't like him 
or why NBA teams might be cooler on him than the blog boys like us. I don't know how you guys feel about Jet, so I shouldn't lump you in with the I, blog I, boys. I, I, I like him. him. I like him. Yeah. I think Jet Rocks uh, got quite a bit of juice off the dribble, I think. Really just dynamic shooter all around. And, you know, especially if they're trying to trade uh, trying to trade Brandon Ingram, like, I think someone like that could pair really nicely with whoever your signature star in New Orleans is going forward. If it's Zion, if it's Scoot, if it's whoever. So I'm high on Jet. I think he deserves to be a lottery pick. I do not think he will be a lottery pick. I think he's no. going to go a lot later. And whatever team drafts him, I'm going to say that team had a good draft because I think that he's a lottery type of talent. Completely agree. Uh, at 15, the Atlanta Hawks, Rucker, what direction are they going? I feel like every single time we do a mock draft, it gets to the Hawks, and I just can't stand the options that they have. Um, it's my least favorite pick in any mock draft. Uh and I also feel like I project a different player every time. So I'm going to take Keontae. He's the best player available on my board. I don't know what they're doing with the backcourt. I feel like there was a rumor about maybe Murray could be potentially on the move this offseason. I don't know if I buy it, but um, just too much value there. I think that roster still is just kind of all over the place. They could go in so many different directions. But I, I do think Keontae showed stuff at Baylor that I think he's going to be more efficient at the next level, his shot making when he's, when he's on, he's as dangerous as anyone in this class, but can he be more consistent at the next level? I think at some point at 15, that's too enticing to pass up. Can he play with Murray and Trey at the same time? Or are you drafting him as a sixth man? I don't know. Cause this is the problem is every time I go through a name for the Hawks, I'm like, well, they have four wings and like, it's just a headache. Who would make sense there to you guys? Because yeah. I even was like, lively? Someone? Like, I don't yeah. know. So um, I did a mock draft at SBNation.com today. Mm-hmm. Plug. I can plug my own stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, go check it out. SBNation.com. And I wrote <laughs> in the one of the things, one of the blurbs, that this was the hardest pick for me to make. Oh, yeah. So we're all on the same page here. And you know who I went with is a total freaking wild card was Noah Clowney. Wow. Um, okay. Like, how how long is Capella going to be there? I don't know. I mean, right. he, Capella seems like he's 35, but he's probably 28. I don't know how old he is, but he's just been around forever. Uh, and I feel like, so you got a Kongu as like your center of the future. But if you're going to play a Kongu at the five, don't you kind of need a bigger four? Yeah. But you also need a bigger four who can shoot. And I don't know, Noah Clowney sitting right there. And I don't like totally, totally believe in him. Uh, to like hit his highest end outcome. But if he did hit his highest end outcome, I think he would be an awesome fit next to a Kongwu and would give them a little bit of defensive oomph in front of Trey. So that's my wild card pick. I don't know. No, that makes that makes more sense than probably ninety percent of the mock drafts we've been doing over the last month. So like I it it is the headache. Like you said, Ricky, it is probably one of the most difficult picks to project right now and as we know it atlanta will end up trading back on draft night just <laughs> it's gonna happen that's how it works okay with the 16th pick the utah jazz uh their second pick of the first round previously took taylor hendricks um 
I'm going to try and bring in a bit more of a pure point guard presence to this team uh, while also adding size. I'm going Jalen Huchifino. Um I know the numbers and, you know, the analytics aren't necessarily the best with him, but he's just one of these guys where I, I buy the shot long-term. I buy the pick and roll playmaking. I buy the just overall playmaking, and I think he'll be a better defender. Um, it seems like the back isn't an issue uh, as it was earlier in the year, but putting him on this team will allow guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Jordan Clarkson, to play more of that kind of combo volume scoring guard role that they're a little more comfortable with. Rucker, are you still high on Hoshifino or have you cooled on him some? No, I'm still buying. Um, that's another name. I, I think, you know, Ricky made a good point earlier. Like there's going to be a lot of names that are higher in NBA circles. I think there's going to be some, some fans in NBA circles. So it wouldn't shock me if he goes earlier than this. Um, just because of the size, the frame, the idea of his upside. I think he's got to be able to shoot it. Um, that's the swing skill, obviously, with a lot of guys. But I think Huchifino, if, if that could come around at a, like Ricky said, league average is so much higher now. So if he could get to average, that's a huge thing for his game all around. But I, I'm still buying it. I think that'd be great value there for Utah. I'm lower on him for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, he just doesn't get anything easy. Yeah, I kind of think the same thing about Keontae, and I know that some people uh, in the No Ceilings crew are high on Keontae too. And I can totally talk myself into Keontae because I think he's a special shooter. Hood Shafino, I'm like, he's slow and he's a shaky shooter, so I just like don't really know where he slots in. But that dude can really manipulate a pick and roll. So you know, big guard should have some defensive versatility. Uh, and yeah, like if he learns how to hit pull up threes, he could be really good. So I agree. I agree with that, but I'm probably lower on him than, than the league is going to be, I'd say. Yeah. He seems like a definite, you're either in or out. Like a a lot of people are either way out or people are like, uh, I'm in. And it's like, okay. A lot of those guys this year. (laughs) At 17, Ricky, who are the Los Angeles Lakers taking? Yeah. Interesting pick. They could go in a number of different ways. I don't really know who I'm going to take, but let's go Bryce Sensabaugh, another player who the league probably hates. <laughs> kind of a one-trick pony, which I normally don't like, but it's a LeBron James and Anthony Davis team. They just made the conference finals, so it's already a pretty good team. Uh, and yeah, just give me Bryce. I think he's an incredible shooter. Like I think he could lead bench units. Uh, maybe not as a rookie, just because that's a lot for any rookie, especially one drafted 17. But uh, potentially down the line, he could lead bench units as a bucket getter. I also think he's just kind of safe because I think that he's going to shoot and he's going to score. And I don't know, is, is he healthy? I've heard some whispers about that, but I'm not totally up on what the what that news or rumors are. Did he play hurt this year? Uh, so he, I think it was torn meniscus in high school school. okay um so that's bit that combined with the weight has been a big concern um i haven't heard anything definitive in terms of medical reports or anything like that but i have heard some skepticism uh he's a large person who can shoot the hell out of the ball very powerful shooter i think he's gonna have nba range no doubt so yeah yeah, I don't know who to take here, but I'll go Bryce over someone like Chris Murray or Lively, who are probably my other two guys considering here. But 
Yeah, just like I think Bryce has upside and I think he's pretty safe. Yeah, and just even with the Lakers as just that catch and shoot guy, like that's I, I think that's a very easy baseline for him to hit. Very easily could be the best shooter in this class. Um at 18. Rucker, who are you adding to heat culture? Heat culture. Um gosh, they can go a different number of different directions too. I'm trying to change it up from what we've normally been doing. I'll take uh I'll take Kulabale. I think the Heat would jump all all over the potential to kind of groom him and reap the benefits down the road. Um I was looking at someone like Colby Jones who could make sense and be one of those connecting pieces on that team, but I'll swing for some upside there. I think if Kulabale's still on the board, the Heat might say, "Hey, we'll take this chance to to groom him and you know, have him look like a star down the road." I'm still I'm still intrigued by him, but I think the public's going to be much higher on Koulibaly probably than the front offices are from just kind of what I've heard. I didn't watch the Mets game today, but the first game, he just looked totally in over his head. And I, I'm like, I was like begging to buy on him. <laughs> and I don't know if I am, but I think the vision of him and maybe you guys tell me, cause you probably know more than I would, but like, is the vision of him maybe like warriors, Andrew Wiggins, where he can just like fly around the court with defense, attack the offensive glass, hit a spot up shot. And no one's going to probably try to overextend him to like yeah. make him a creator. He's going to be kind of a chaos agent because he seems like he has ridiculous athleticism. Yes. He obviously has ridiculous length. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do anything inside of the arc. I saw him smoke a layup yesterday. Day that was like a wide open layup that he was shot out of a cannon to like get a look at it and then like fumbled it like he was uh you know the young developing player that he is so i i could definitely be talked into him just curious what you guys think the you know can do you have a better comp or just like long-term vision for him than wiggins because like that was just the first thing i was thinking of wiggins on the warriors and i i definitely think that's like the high end upside for him um i don't see that type of like on ball creation um i i know wiggins isn't the most efficient but he can get to his spots in the mid-range pretty regular regularly i don't see koulibaly really ever doing that um but if he can be like jones jr maybe like (laughs) yeah and it's it's tough like because i i think defensively um i think he's going to be a monster i think he could be an incredible defender but that shot's got to be better than it is it's so slow he's so reluctant um if he can just get to league average with that and avoid being andre robertson that would be a huge outcome for him um but that that type of role that you're talking about with wiggins where it's hey just simplify your game on both ends of the floor and you know do these you know handful of specific things i I think that's a, a really good way to kind of treat him especially early in his career Okay, uh, well, speaking of Andrew Wiggins, at pick number 19, the Golden State Warriors. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I could go Colby Jones. I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to add a shooter. I'm going Julian Strother. Um, Whoa, good. We're spacing this floor like fucking crazy now. <laughs> um, no one on the Warriors could make a shot at the playoffs. Um, so... That's all Julian Strother does is make buckets. Um, insane, insane range. Arguably best shooter in this class. Improved off the bounce this year. Awesome rebounder. Don't care about the defense. 
kind of yeah. surprised. I've heard no juice on straw there. Like it's been amazing. I, yeah, no, I keep seeing them fall in like the late second round on mock drafts, and it makes zero sense to me. Zero sense. Yeah, because he's pretty big too, isn't he? Like six six or six seven with like a six nine or six ten wingspan. I'm just going off the top of my head. Yeah, like he's not a small guy. No, and he's he's, he's nasty. Shooter, so yeah, I like Strother. I think Strother could be a really good, likely second round pick for someone. And I mean, it whatever pick this is nineteen. Why not? All right, Ricky, at pick 20, Houston Rockets are taking who? Oh, boy. Let me look. Uh, who do I want for the Rockets? So who who did the Rockets take with their first pick? Remind Anthony me. Black. Oh, Anthony, Anthony Black. Black. Anthony Black. We're okay. really off the rails with this one, but I this <laughs> might be my favorite one. So, okay. You got, got their little chaos into it. Yeah. Um, Man. I really don't know. I really don't know who to go with here. Um, I guess I'll go with the safe pick and take Chris Murray. Okay. Who I feel like, you know, like I want to go Dariq here because I think Dariq's the best talent available. But like, I don't know. Maybe I should go Dariq. Now I'm thinking Dariq. But I just think like if the Rockets are going to try to get a little better this year, they probably need some wings who can shoot because I love Tari Eason, but I don't know if Tari's going to shoot. Uh, and then, you know, who else is even in that wing room, really, in, like, the 3-4 area who could, like, soak up minutes for them, like... K.J. Martin, Jay Sean Tate. Yeah. Um, Chris is a better shooter than those guys. I love K.J. Martin. He's a free agent, too, I believe, this year. So we'll see if they even retain him. But I'll go Chris. I think Chris is a pretty safe bet to be pretty good. Probably not going to be spectacular, but he's the right size. He can hit shots. I don't think he's quite as good of a shooter as his brother. I don't think he's quite as athletic as his brother. But guess what? His brother went fourth. And Chris <laughs> is going to go in the 20s. So I think in the 20s, he'd be a pretty good pick for them. And would just give them a little bit of a stabilizing force that the Houston Rockets desperately need. Love it. At 21, Brooklyn Nets, Rucker, who are they taking? I'm going to take Colby Jones here. Um, you couldn't resist any longer? No, I, I, I have a Colby Jones fandom problem. I was just like looking the whole time. I was like, when is he going to go? But I think that would be a good pick for Brooklyn. Obviously, they made that big trade. Michael Bridges is looking like a potential breakout star for them. I think just keep adding good pieces to the roster. Yeah, I think it, make, it makes a ton of sense. At 22 with their second pick, um, I'm kind of surprised you fell this far, but I'm going Derek Lively. Um, That'd be a heck of a draft for them. They, they, they just need size, rim protection, rebounding. Um, I think he has a little bit of passing upside, but I'm skeptical about people getting super excited about the the shooting and empty gyms. I'm not sure I buy that yet. Would like to see it in a game first, but I, I think the defense alone is it makes him really exciting. Ricky, um, you, you were talking about Dariq earlier potentially to the Rockets, where you are with his, his college teammate, Lively. Yeah, I think that if Lively was going to go like top five, I would be beating the, this guy reminds me of Wiseman drum with the empty gym shooting, with the wingspan that no one really knows how long he is. I think he averaged five points a game for Duke this year, but he had a calf injury, I want to say, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He got better as the year went on. He looked amazing against Oral Roberts in the tournament. That was like the best I think I saw him look all year or one of the best games from him. 
Uh, I think probably mostly going to be a drop big man. Do you think he has coverage versatility where you can put him at the level of the screen? And I, I think limited where it's like late in the shot clock, he can, you know, switch out on a guy. Um, if he really has to, he can survive or at least hold his own. I, he's not, I, I wouldn't have him switching everything. I, I think that's a recipe for disaster, but when needed, I, I think he could survive. So I talked about, you know, going to the McDonald's game last year, seeing, Brandon Miller, Jarris up close, being impressed by them. Lively was the guy I was most disappointed by because I was ready for him to be. I mean, he was supposed to be the number one guy. I thought right. he was, it was. I think he was second in the RSCI behind Derek. Uh, and I was mostly like, I don't know. He seems limited coverage versatility on defense, and then offense. It's like he can catch a lob, but what else is he really going to do? Not buying the shot. So I'm lower on him. Like, I get the appeal of him, but I think there's kind of some decent centers in this draft who I would rather try to get in the second round than go with him. I could be totally wrong and look like a fool for passing up on the upside of Derek Lively, but not one of my favorite prospects in this draft. All right. Well, the Trailblazers are back on the clock. They took Brandon Miller with the third pick. Ricky, who are they taking with the 23rd pick? Barik, slam dunk, I think. Yep. One, uh yeah, I, I, so I always do the, uh, the instant mock the day after last year's mock or the day after the draft, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to look back on these since I have somehow held down a job for 10 years. <laughs> and I like, I had Emmanuel Moutier as the preseason number one pick one year because I saw him at the McDonald's game. I'm like, Moutier rocks. He's going to go number one. Well, clearly, uh, I don't always know ball, but, Derek, you could just see the vision of him on the high school tape because I thought he had a wicked first step where he was going to be able to create space, create separation off the dribble. So have some like initiator juice. I thought he was going to be a pretty damn good finisher at the rim. I thought he was going to be able to defend multiple positions and I didn't know what to think about the jump shot. I thought that was going to be the swing skill and probably not going to come out on the right side of the swing, but he ended up shooting the hell out of the ball at Duke. And instead, he didn't look that quick off the bounce. Uh, not great tape on Dariq as a freshman, I would say, at Duke. But I still, like, get the vision of him. Uh, I'm strangely, like, I still almost go back to the high school evaluation, where I still don't know if he's that good of a shooter. I'm still, like, a little questionable on that. Even though, what was his percentage this year? He shot it uh, over 40%, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. over 40 Uh but, like, you'd think – so he had injuries, too, to start the year. Like, if he could get fully healthy, if he could regain that athletic pop he was showing in high school, I think this could be awesome value. And, you know, no matter what Portland does, especially if they get Miller, like, this would just be a really nice big guard to pair with him long-term, to pair with Shaden Sharp and, you know, whatever they do with Lillard one way or another. With the 24th pick, the Sacramento Kings – are adding who Rucker? Oh gosh. I get too caught up. Um, Strother would have been my pick. Chris Murray would have been my pick. This is really fun guys. Um, I'll take a little bit of a swing on a, a guy that I like. I think he's going to have a little bit of a curve coming into the league, but I think the potential down the road is really high. I'm going to take Maxwell Lewis here. Um, I really, really like him. I think he was going crazy in the beginning of the year for almost half the season and then just hit that wall and 
kind of a late bloomer. I think there's going to be some team that if they're patient and let him develop, let him get his feet wet, I think he's going to have the potential to look down the road and be like, okay, this was a fantastic value. So I like that for the Kings. I think that's great. Yeah, were you buying buying the early season hype? Yeah, definitely. Really like him. Like, just to have a guy that tall with that much shot creation potential, I think it's really interesting. And it's like, it's hard to fit him into a box, I think. Like, he's not really a 3 and D wing. He's not, like, it's hard to, like, say what he is. And my dumb guy take is that sometimes those are the guys who end up being the best players. Yes. You just don't really know what to make of them. So I do think he's got some upside. He could for sure bust, I think. But, like, who cares? It's this late in the draft. And I am now getting a rush of anxiety because I forgot him in my mock draft today. And I probably would have made him a <laughs> I've always really liked his game and I just I forgot him. So he's the first heard it here first. Ricky hey, O'Donnell hates Max we, Lewis. We have that happen. Don't worry about it at all. I think we've had that this year where we just all had a panic attack, like after filming a mock draft, where we were like, oh gosh, we did have someone go. <laughs> so that'll happen. That's that's why we do it. All right. With the 25th pick, uh the Memphis Grizzlies. I am replacing Dylan Brooks's uh, defense with Julian Phillips. Um, I think he has a lot of offensive upside too. Bit of a wild card. Who knows what he actually has to his game, but at a minimum, I think he's going to be a really athletic and reliable defender. And if you can get that at pick 25 and have him play rotation minutes at a minimum, I think that's awesome. Uh, if he d- that that's, the shots does start to come around and he starts to show more of the offensive stuff that he showed in high school. And that um, a lot of the guys that we've, you know, talked to behind the scenes keep saying that he has, I think it's a well, well worth a lottery ticket here. Um, All right. With the 26 pick, the Indiana Pacers are back on the clock again, Ricky, who are they taking? Pacers. uh, So they previously took Jairus Walker. Jairus. Okay. Um, let me see who is still on the board here. Oh, no one's taking Nick Smith. Let's take Nick Smith. Why not? Seems like a good spot to roll the dice on Nick Smith. One thing I'll say about Nick Smith that I respect. Is he a top 10 pick if he doesn't play this year? I mean, almost definitely. That's my favorite take. I think we always bring that up. I'm like, I think he is if he didn't play. So if that's happening, then it's like, well, maybe I need to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. And like he played hurt and he just like, I, t- so I, like I said, I was at the NCAA tournament games for Arkansas and Nick Smith was God awful in that round of 32 game against Kansas. And I asked that to black and to Jordan Walsh after the game, I was like, you know, what do you make a Nick a uh, rough game, but you know, you guys are going to need him in the sweet 16. And they were just like, people have no idea what he's been through. Like, he could have shut it down. He played the whole season. He played hurt. He just cares about the team. Um, and I saw him when he was healthy. Because, like I said, I, I was at the McDonald's game in the uh, Jordan Brand Classic. And I thought he was impressive there, for sure, offensively. My question is, like, who is he ever going to guard? He is so thin. And I don't think he's a high-field passer. But his shooting versatility is really awesome. And I think that he could just be like a bench bucket getter with quite a bit of scoring juice for a guy in that role. So 
this seems like a good spot for him. I think in general, especially if we got the uh, blazing speed of Miles Turner and Jarris Walker, <laughs> like, that type of defensive infrastructure in front of him is probably exactly what you need if you're going to have him on the floor. So uh, I like his shooting versatility. I think Halliburton can find him for some spot ups. And, you know, that floater is cool, too. So I'll go Nick Smith. Love it. At pick number 27, Rucker, who are the Hornets adding to Scoot Henderson? Man. Um, there's a name on here I feel like is worth the swing. I just don't know if I want him going to Charlotte. Um, man, why not? All right, I'm going to take Gigi Jackson. Um, I oh I think it's the – yeah. I think <laughs> it's the point of the draft where – you're swinging. If you got Scoot already, I think it's it's worth a swing. Um, you'd have to really, you know, be trusting that all the tools can come together and that he's got a good staff. Like I, I think Charlie could go in a number of different directions, especially if they took Scoot at two. But I'll swing. I'll swing for the fences. You got multiple first round picks. You got your guy at two. Go all in. Swing for it. Yeah. Why not? Why That's not? my take on Gigi Jackson. Just why not? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I have so many questions about him, but I, it's, it's good I to see that you read our draft guide, Ricky. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess my question with him—I don't know if you guys have any insight on this—but like, you know, how athletic do you think he is? If he was like clearly a super athlete, I think I would be way more in on him. But instead, it's like he was probably so highly touted at such a young age because he's huge and he's really strong and he's got like some one-on-one scoring bag, but the shots he took in college are not the shots he's going to get in the NBA, but also just like, I don't know, but I, I just come back to who cares? Like he's big and young and you can develop someone like that. Also, he seems like the classic type of player as someone who's done this for long enough. The college basketball reporters just hate. <laughs> like, yes. like they just like want to rip him apart. And the first time I covered the combine, I wrote about Zach Levine. And in the article, I linked to all the big name college basketball reporters, Goodman, Rothstein, all these guys just being like, Zach Levine thinks he can play in the NBA when he couldn't start over Steve Alford. He's going to look good <laughs> in the main Red Claws jersey next year. And $300 million later, I would say Zach Levine clearly made the right decision to go to the league. So Gigi, like South Carolina was a bad pick for him. Yes. But like, did he make the wrong decision reclassifying and entering the draft? I don't know, because if he shows anything, he's going to get a ridiculous second contract, right? So it's a bet on himself for sure. And he's got some tools. So I like betting on the tools in the draft a little bit more than the polished skill set guys. GG going over uh, pods and Jaime Jaquez is a move I can approve of, even if it's a risky move. Eugene Jackson, why not? That's the tech. <laughs> All right, with the 28th pick, the Utah Jazz, um, who previously took Taylor Hendricks and Jalen Huchifino. Um, I just kind of have similar reasoning as a Gigi Jackson pick uh, with this one. And I'm just going to go Leonard, Leonard Miller. Um, Cause why not? Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think he well, still has so much room to grow. I think he really needs a very specific plan of development. Um, and I think the jazz and their coaching staff and kind of their front offices history of developing players. Um, I think that could potentially maybe be a, the one of the better landing spots for him. 
Ricky, have you been buying buying the Kool Aid with? Oh, I saw him at the combine last year when he played in the scrimmages, and I was so jacked up to see him because no one knew anything about him. All the all the blog boys were in on him at that point, but no one had really seen him play, and he was horrible. He like could not have been worse. Yes, I I know. The there were people in the stands. I'm not. I'm not going to say the guy's name, but there were a couple people in the stands who were like hitting me, being like, "Why do people like this guy? Why is he here?" (laughs) And I'm like, well, he's like six nine, and he's played point guard two years ago. So. <laughs> cool. But I will say, with that as my baseline expectation, I thought his year with the Ignite was pretty dope. Yeah. Only issue, like he put up big numbers, but like I almost question myself. I'm like, it's basketball. Someone's got to get the numbers. Like any team is going to put up a lot of points. He's playing, so he's going to put up some points. But there's just those movement flashes with him. That are so enticing and he's like a pretty good rebounder he's pretty good at like doing some traditional big man stuff which is surprising for someone who i think it's built up is like you know he's got perimeter skills even though he's the size of a big man but i sort of like his traditional big man stuff i don't really buy the shot do you guys buy the shot how do you feel no, about not that? at all no i'm i think me and metcalf are on the same boat as you is like we keep saying like could he be more of that small ball five kind of almost you add some weight on him because he is he is such a good rebounder and he's really quick at getting the ball right back up like i like him around the uh, basket i think he's a garbage man yeah i just kind of keep pushing the idea of i i would love to see him try and develop into like the next kevon looney um but he's way stronger and and that's a lot easier said than done but kevon looney i mean I don't have the basketball reference page in front of me, but like Looney did nothing in the league right. for three, four years, I would say. Right, right. So I like that pick. Yeah. I think Mil- he'll probably go higher than this. I'm oh, drafting. Yeah. I think so too. I, I'm just trying to figure always, out where he goes. I'm just trying to figure out the fit. To the game theory podcast too much. Leaving. <laughs> I know Sam loves him, but uh, you can, I can see the appeal for sure. All right, with the 29th pick, Ricky, who are the Indiana Pacers taking? Okay, who do we get with my second pick? I should know that because I made <laughs> Nick, Smith. Uh, Nick Smith. Nick Smith. Okay, so we got Nick Smith. We got Jarris. Uh, give me pods here. Just another oh, big Oh, he took my pick again. I think That's he a good pick. off the ball. You know what's weird is, uh, so, I, you know, I'm from Chicago, and I'm not an Illinois basketball fan, but, you know, just loosely – follow illinois basketball they just needed a point guard so bad they had this guy in the roster last year how do you let this guy go does brad underwood no ball that would be the question i'm asking because if they had pods on that team that, that team could have been loaded with him yeah. last year uh yeah i think pods is he's pretty good i think just like general big guard like of the big guards he's like the best shooter so yeah like he's a better shooter than anthony black he's a better shooter than hood Shafinu. obviously he does not bring the defensive intensity of those other big guards but that's okay the nba is an offensive league anyway at this point we'll insulate him defensively and he, you know you can't really pick on him too much just because he's pretty big so yeah i would go him all right with the 30th pick final pick of the first round rucker who are the clippers taking um Ricky taking AirPods from me again. Okay, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to take TJD for the Clippers. They're just going to get some nastiness right. under the basket. I know he's the upperclassman. I know he's a senior. But at some point, that production is too impressive to ignore. And I think going to someone like the Clippers, like 
he do, he'll do everything they need him. They don't need him to be a big time scorer. They have plenty of firepower on the wings and rebound block shots, you know, take care of the ball inside, make plays. I, I think that's a good fit. It'd be weird if you didn't. Thank you. All right, Ricky, this was a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, was there anyone that you were surprised didn't go in the first round? Any other draft takes you want to get off? If not, oh. we'll go away. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have a lot of draft coverage at SBNation.com, so I'll just plug that. Love it. Got a mock draft up today. Trying to do a Thompson twin story at some point because I feel like, listen to your guys' podcast, thought that was good, and I feel like I've just watched a lot of the Thompson twins lately. So they're interesting to me. Hopefully I'll write about them. And yeah, I'll have a 2024 mock draft up the day after the draft. I'm promising it now so that I can actually make myself do it the no ceilings listeners because i have a lot on my plate and i'm gonna need to prioritize that i also got a piece uh ranking the 35 best Wembenyama plays of the season he's had a lot of sick highlights this year so i'm like let's let's get them and i had that's awesome my my uh you know social media team was like no one's gonna click on 50 plays so i'm like all right 35 (laughs) plays so we got 35 Wemby plays i'll probably publish that one next week uh yeah that's about it Love it. Rucker, anything to plug? No, no. Thank you, Ricky, for coming on. This was a blast. And um, like you said, go to SBNation.com. Look at all of this stuff. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Ricky. Um, for our listeners, uh, you can find all of our written work at NoSealingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. There's also a link to our draft guide that is up right now. It's uh, $10 if you can afford it would mean the world for your support if not no worries just click that subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss anything that we ever publish you can follow us across all socials at no ceilings nba and if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to leave a review and if i start rating until next time see ya